Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, White Sox fans, welcome to Charlotte Knights post-game podcast number one. I'm Brett Ballantini, your host. It is a new era. Charlotte, a dominant 3-1 to win today. Oh, yeah. Me and Darren Black were practically watching it together, the excitement. We were biting our nails. Uh, Yexel Urios with the classic tidy 23-pitch save and... Darren, I think our right field, I'm, I'm sorry, AJ Pollock, I think our right field problem is solved. Orland Parks, Mark Payton, three hits, three hits in the Charlotte wind. Uh, yeah. Things have a tendency to <laughs> just work themselves out. And on opening night, big bad Cade McClure, there you go. Here's your fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth starter. It's all coming together, Darren. Yeah, I mean, you're never, you never know when the White Sox are going to need the XL Rios and company <laughs> sounds like a t-shirt okay listen it's a gag we've been gagging left and right all oh, we really do gag in all these podcasts but actually we've been trying to prank you all week uh there actually wasn't a merger to announce in yesterday's podcast and no we are not rebranding the south side socks on the farm podcast as a charlotte Knights post-game podcast although hey listen it's nice to get a win under the belt because they only had like 10 last year so uh, 24 of them last year, uh, SB nation, Darren, I want you to know, they made a very, uh, this specific accounting of, uh, how the podcast did listen to every word of all of them. They sat back and realized, you know, I think, I think we're getting our money's worth. Cause really that's what it comes down to. I think we're getting our money's worth. So we're going to renew these guys for a second season. Congratulations. This is podcast 25. Good to be back yeah. with you again. Hey, let's do another season. 
Yeah, we're almost at a full roster of podcasts. <laughs> I guess five more after this. And on top of that, Darren, listen, can you believe this? I mean, it's so strange. I mean, I shouldn't think this is funny because, I mean, we started working together when you're in junior high. This is five years of doing some writing together. Hey, you're you're an original, man. Yeah, the and if we're keeping it just minor league system, it has really gone downhill. <laughs> <laughs> So now you got to stick around for at least the five years it's going to take to drag it back up. So good. Basically, hey, yeah. breaking news, everyone. It's now the Darren Black Podcast. Yeah. We have inked him for another five years. He's got to be back to see this become a legitimate system. And I'm afraid he'll die waiting for that. But hey, we got him at least for five more years. Great news. But tone down to celebrating. We do have to run <laughs> through the uh, affiliates. Uh, basically, Darren, this is our first podcast of this New season. It can't be as bad as last year, although who knows? The White Sox might be up for it. Uh, and we're going to just, we're going to do a little preview. We still don't know. Obviously, Charlotte played tonight. We know their roster. A few surprises there. Guys who are, are on the Knights roster and who aren't. And uh, we're going to do our best guesses. Uh, I think we have some pretty solid, solid uh, intel and guesswork to determine who is going to be populating the other three rosters. We're going to just run through each of the four teams and, uh, you know, just... Just talk through some highlights. Uh, okay, I'm, listen, we already pretty much talked Charlotte to death, but in spite, Darren, of the fact that there was a <laughs> thrilling and dominant uh, three-to-one win over Norfolk uh, tonight to open things up behind Big Bad Cade McClure, uh, my question to you to begin with Charlotte is, what's different this year with Charlotte? Or are we still seeing that sort of same collection of like four a guys where it's this weird sort of like bus station type of vibe. It doesn't seem like the white Sox anytime soon are going to have like a great triple a team. If that's even the goal anymore. Yeah. I mean, I mean, really any triple a team, it's good. There's going to be a lot of quad guys. Um, but especially this year in the early going, since they have, uh, 28 man rosters in uh, with the with the major league ball club. You already have three extra guys or two extra guys, I guess. There's now 26, but um, already up there. And we've like Tanner Banks. We we know is going to be one of them, um, and he's pretty much the definition of a quad guy. 30 years old. He's going to get his first uh, games out there. I don't know how many innings he's actually going to throw. Um, we'll see kind of how long he lasts. He might even just be up there for the Tim Anderson suspension. We don't, we have no idea. He might just be there for two games. Um, but um, the, the difference is their quad guys are actually guys that would have made the teams in previous years. Right. Romy Gonzalez is probably the best of the bunch that you can think of. Um, and then we all know his story. He went from double A all the way to the majors, really crushed it once he got to triple A last year, um, but did pretty well in Birmingham as well. Um, I, I think a lot of people would have preferred him over Leary, but he's just added depth and it's pretty good at this point because uh, he can actually play everywhere. Not that he is put in spots, but he can actually play everywhere. Yeah. Um, Darren, hold on. Let me just jump in here and defend the organization you love and would die for. What in the world would be the reasoning to have? Okay. Obviously they, they recently love Leori. He's like the longest tenure guy. Okay. And it's cool. He's back. It's fine. Not, you know, it doesn't break the bank, but why in the world would Romy Gonzalez not be your like utility guy versus say a Danny Mendick? What is the logic there? I mean, it was great that he bats clean up now in the, in the lineup for Charlotte, but is there some thinking there that I, that I'm missing? 
Uh, I mean, the, the only thinking that comes to my mind is that Romy is still an actual, he's an, he's an older uh, prospect, but he still is an actual prospect. So they're probably just looking to him to just get more at bats to show, to prove that what happened last year was not a fluke, uh, get him regular at bats every day. Um, maybe if they want to just kind of have him play more in right field to see what he has in right field uh, for, you know, unknown reason. <laughs> Why not? Um, <laughs> but uh, just kind of see what he has, give him like a steady, thorough um, development. Um, and it seems like they're doing the same thing with Jake Berger instead of kind of having them hang out uh, in the uh, on the bench last year or uh, this year. Um, they did that with Zach Collins last year, and obviously that didn't work out for him. I mean, he's not even on the team anymore. Yeah. Um, so just kind of a different approach with uh, – uh, with other options that they can actually have to replace him. Like Danny Mendix, he's pretty fine defensively, obviously not a great bat, but if you need him to plug and play somewhere, he'll do that. Um, and then you have better versions of Romy Gonzalez right now and Leary Garcia and Josh Harrison anyway. Um, so I, I don't find it terrible. Um, he's probably better than, or well, definitely better than Danny Mendix. It, our Jury's out if he's better than Leary or Josh Harrison, um, but just got to wait and see with him. But he's, he's an actual prospect, so might as well get him the at-bats that he needs to develop. All right. You made a legit argument. I just want the White Sox to know I do not like it. I'm not in favor. <laughs> yeah. I'm not happy with it. Um, tell me this, uh, uh, Darren, the, the, the Tanner Banks move, uh, as you said, could be just you know a very brief um, but it might not be, uh, here's the thing, you know, and we're, we're just talking about the system, but you know, especially when you talk about Charlotte, you have to connect to the, the actual White Sox team. And when it comes to the rotation, well, there's a lot to talk about because clearly there's going to be a need in Charlotte bullpen as well, of course, but, uh, the rotation, there is going to be probably more than just those spot starts. And on top of it, the White Sox have a rotation now, granted it's a, it's a, we knew going in guys weren't going to be throwing complete games because we already had this truncated spring training, but the White Sox are taking that to extreme. It doesn't seem like, seem like anybody can reliably get maybe even to six innings. And that's maybe nobody, maybe Cesar Gilito, mm-hmm. maybe, uh, and you cannot destroy your blow out your bullpen in the first two weeks of the season. So clearly there's going to be some mop guys when Michael Kopech isn't even confident, he's going to be able to get to five, uh, you you really almost have to have a Tanner Banks type of man. I know there's already Ronaldo Lopez and Vince Velasquez. It seems like <laughs> there's an interesting list of guys who are like, what are they? But I mean, the White Sox are really maybe more than a maybe a couple other teams as good as the rotation is or can be uh, are really going to have to have just like all hands on deck. It's almost like every, you know, there's almost like these are variations on a bullpen games here to begin. Yeah. Um, I mean, especially with the, uh, like Lance Lynn will at least be gone until mid-May, uh, maybe later, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like six to eight weeks is kind of where he's at. Um, it, they can definitely rely on kind of, uh, I guess you could say they have a six man ish rotation right now, but Michael Kopek is more like an opener, like an, an elongated yeah. opener right now. Um, but I mean, Matt Foster, when he was in the minors, he would go multiple innings all the time. So it's not like he's kind of like a, it's not like he's Craig Kimbrell coming in and he's just going to throw one right. inning and no more. Right. Um, he can go two. sometimes he would even push it to three. Um, it's just gonna, it's going to be kind of a, like a rotating kind of a event here with the bullpen, or I guess this kind of ish starting 
ish starting rotation to begin the year. Um, you're going to see probably Jim, Jimmy Lambert up. Um, he is coming off an injury, so it's not like he's you know fully ready. Um, but you're probably going to see Cade McClure come on the 40 man at some point. Uh, they do have a at least one. A uh, 60 day IL guy, your mean Mercedes probably to work with that 40 man rotation, but that could go to Johnny Cueto, who's probably going to start in uh, Charlotte um, maybe two, three times to see what he has. Um, and then you, Jason Billaus is still there. Um, I don't, I wouldn't really put much faith into him. He was in double A last year. He's in triple A right now, but didn't do so well in double A. But that's just, that's your depth. And you're, probably going to see a lot of it you saw a lot of it in the outfield last year you're probably going to just see a lot of it um not just starting rotation but also bullpen just to begin the month um at least um and we'll see when the rosters uh shorten in may we'll see who's still make who's still there at the end of it um and then that depth will just kind of get bigger just because um but you're going to see a lot of names and sometimes they're going to make you mad (laughs) <laughs> but they're, they're going to be there and they're going to keep pitching because they need it. Uh, yes. Those will be entirely different podcasts. Maybe as soon as next week, uh, uh, as uh, let me just jump in here and, and point out again, as you all know, uh, Darren is our uh, tireless minors writer. He's taken three, three nights of the minor league update, uh, including as we speak now, he's probably typing. you know, Darren tends to sometimes be in a tent. He's always like watching a game when we're these podcasts, which is probably good. You probably need to limit, you need to filter your focus on me. That's probably recommended. I think it actually is what <laughs> everybody talks about on staff when they're about to go on with me, just sort of listen with one ear. Uh, but I, you know, this time it's legit. I mean, he's like writing his minor league update as he's doing this podcast, the game just broke. Uh, so tireless, uh, doing all four of our previews this week. So it's been a big, big week, busy week for him. And, uh, certainly appreciate that. The Charlotte Knights, uh, uh, which is already up, uh, which is up yesterday, um, is, uh, is linked in this podcast as well as, uh, in this podcast post, the uh, Birmingham Barons. We're just doing one each day until, uh, opening day for the rest of the minors on Friday. Uh, so that is the commercial announcement. And before we leave Charlotte, this is a guy you did not address in your Charlotte preview. So I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to depance you here, but he had a big, uh, night, uh, tonight. And that is Carlos Perez had a, had a home run. Uh, he's a guy who seems to be a legit ish defensive catcher. Not exactly a guy necessarily is going to impact the major league roster without injury, but. Uh, refresh me on how you see his prospects or maybe what growth he might still have, or is he going to pretty much peak around Knights level? Yeah. Well, in terms of his MLB prospects, it's going to, because obviously we don't know the um, uh, 28 man roster for the White Sox yet. We're assuming, well, not assuming Reese McGuire is definitely going to make the team, Um, but we don't know what's going to happen with Sebi Zavala yet. Um, if they do do three catchers, which I think is totally in play, um, because uh, Tony LaRusso has talked about Yasmani Grandal playing DH on his off days, so you know might as well still have you know that extra catcher on yeah. the team. Um, uh, if Sebi Zavala is DFA'd, I'm assuming a team might pick him up. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. He doesn't have any options left, and he's really not that fantastic. So, but I mean, catchers are just so few and far between these days. Um, even bad ones. Um, but he definitely, um, Carlos Perez is definitely probably the fourth catcher, the fifth, fourth, fifth catcher right now. Um, it, 
just the guys that are ahead of him besides Yosemite Grandal are all kind of similar. They don't really have good bats. Reese McGuire is definitely a better fielder than him. Um, Perez doesn't have as much experience as Sebi Zavala does. And um, uh, Nick Chiafiro, however you say his last name, um, uh, he definitely has a, he might actually have a worse bat than Carlos Perez, but he, from all indications that he's pretty sure-handed and pretty good um, behind the plate. So I, I don't know if we'll ever see him in in the majors this year i think he could have been a rule five um candidate if that draft happened oh yeah um because he still would have had those options there Mm -hmm. but i don't really i don't think i see him in the majors this year Mm for the white Sox, at least maybe if he actually does pretty well in charlotte they could try to flip him uh since like backup catchers or like things that the white Sox now have a lot of huh um wow but we'll we'll kind of we'll kind he did get the start today, so he's at least showing that he's going to be the guy um, that'll probably get the most of the most time behind the plate. Um, but it's just he doesn't have a lot of potential, is yeah. what it comes down to, and that just mainly comes down to the bat and him not being as fantastic a fielder as a uh, Reese McGuire. Yeah. Uh, and you know, this is not news to you, uh, Darren, as we prepare to leave Charlotte. Uh, I'm not, listen, I'm not just a big personality and pretty face host. I'm a smart guy too. Uh, previous prior podcast wrote in the notes, the phonetic spelling, Nick Shufo, Nick Shufo. So <laughs> we, we still don't really have the answer. We did get the answer on the pronunciation guide. It is, uh, Romy, not Rami, but we oh, still yeah. do not know whether it's Belouse, Belouse. Biggie, biggie, biggie. Uh, be- below, uh, we we still don't really know that yet. So it'll be fun just to continue. You know, uh, Mister and Mrs. You know, Jason, uh, uh, Mister and Mrs. B or Grandpa <laughs> B, you're probably watching or listening. Hey, drop us a line. Let us know. I've actually reached out. I want to know if uh, uh, Romy Gonzalez had a if they use the accent on the name. Nobody answered me, but I reach out. I try to figure this stuff out. Uh, anyway, okay, Darren. Enough fun. Enough fun talking about the juggernaut that is the uh, Charlotte Knights. And let's move to a team that really is, at least on paper, stacked. This, I guess, would be maybe going into this season the most talent in the organization, or at least closest to the majors talent. Uh, Just tell me, give me a couple highlights of the guys there. You've obviously written about it in the, in the preview, but um, this is a, this is a pretty, again, for another year, this is a pretty, uh, a pretty tasty roster in Birmingham as indicated by you choosing their hat for this podcast. Yeah. If you're the, if you're looking for a team that's actually going to show like good hitting talent, you're the Barons are what you're going to want to look at the most. Uh, they're led by Jose Rodriguez. Um, everyone knows them now uh, after his fantastic uh, season last year that started in Canapolis and then actually got him all the way up to, Birmingham and a stint in the Arizona Fall mm-hmm. League. Uh, but um, that season did not end as well as it started, right. but he still proved that he was very good hitter. Um, he's going to be a guy that's going to get a lot of bat to the ball. Um, not really much power. He shows enough of it that he's the third best pros- prospect with the White Sox. Not that that's saying much, but he is a, I, I I'm not sure where he's really going to play yet uh, with Birmingham because of the other guys. Gilbert Sanchez is also there, a guy that you could legitimately see with the White Sox Mm -hmm. this year. 
Um, and Lenny and Sosa is also there. He's not a guy that you're going to see with the White Sox this year, Lenny and Sosa. Right. Um, but he's still a guy that's going to need the at-bats to show what he can, what he can be. Um, I'm guessing Rodriguez is going to play short. Um, but then after that, it's kind of weird. Is Lenyon or Yolbert going to play second or third? Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, all three of them can kind of yeah. move, move around if you want them to. Um, but at this point in double A, you want to try to find where they're going to play um, once they start coming up. And since the White Sox second baseman is suspect for next year, <laughs> and these guys are really on the team for next year, yeah. um, then whoever plays at second is probably going to be a guy that you're looking to be Sorry. on the 2023 yeah. roster. Yeah. Um, Before we go to the outfield, um, broadly, I mean, you just mentioned, if you're looking for offense, if you're looking for firepower, you're looking for Birmingham. Now, we never said that before. Last year, Mike went bananas. Uh, Gilbert Sanchez actually wasn't hitting until he got to Birmingham. And then he actually yeah. like, found his bat. And now suddenly he's like, maybe a legit prospect. Or, I mean, he always was, but I mean, maybe, maybe a legit prospect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And of course, uh, uh, Roman Gonzalez as well. So uh, something different in the water, a humidor there. Yeah. What's going on in Birmingham? Regions field is like a happy place to hit now. Yeah. I have no idea. Uh, I mean, if it is a humidor, that would actually make sense. Um, but <laughs> It was just really strange because the pitchers were the one that actually yeah. didn't do poor, that didn't do well. Um, <laughs> the easiest explanation might be that the pitchers didn't pitch in 2020, so the batters were just ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, that might just be the easiest yeah. explanation. But um, whatever happens, I mean, Miker is now in play for MLB time um, mm-hmm. wherever. Um, and then Romy Gonzalez shot up all the way to the majors. So, I mean, whatever worked there was awesome. So it was just the training table stuff. The PB and J sandwiches yeah. are just especially delicious and hearty there. Uh, let's go to the outfield to talk about, uh, a guy who really actually showed out pretty well in spring training. And it's got people, uh, even in our internal predictions, we're getting people saying the best rookie on the White Sox cheer is going to be Yolke Cespedes. I'm not sure how that happens, but that would be very no, exciting. No, no, no. I'm guessing he doesn't move up to Charlotte before we have sort of a cool Cuban uh, combination where Oscar Colas maybe yeah. moves up from Winston-Salem and you get uh, yeah. two Cuban players in the same outfield. But uh, Yolke is ahead now, obviously been in the organization for a year ran out of gas last year and something you have in your uh, preview about him really says that it's, it's imperative for him to have uh, built up over the off season so that his strength holds up so that he can finish. If not strong, doesn't just fall off uh, the table because who knows, he might be actually in play for maybe, you know, some South side time by the end of this year. Yeah, no, he, out of anybody that's in Birmingham, now that we know that the White Sox will actually take a guy in Birmingham yeah. and put him in the major league roster, um, if they prove if they prove it after last year's Romy Gonzalez experience, um, Yolke is probably third on that list of guys that you could reasonably expect to make it to Chicago. Um, but he might have the most potential out of all those three. Um, he just really has to prove that last season, especially the end of last season, was just because he hadn't really played baseball much mm-hmm. uh, in a few years. Um, I think uh, from his time in Cuba, the last time he played that many games was uh, 2017, 2018 season. Um, and I mean, that's a long time ago, mm-hmm. uh, especially for a guy to just be off playing baseball like that. Yeah. You got to kind of relearn it. That's why Jake Berger's season last year was so amazing because he really relearned how to play baseball pretty quickly. Um, but what Yolke really just needs to cut down on strikeouts the most. They were way too high and it doesn't seem like he's going to be a guy that's going to walk often. Um, or at least he, maybe he's just like 
too excited to actually be playing baseball every day sure. and was just sure. swinging at everything. Um, it just actually worked out for a majority of the season, uh, swinging at everything. But he just needs to work on his plate approach. And if he does that well, then you'll see him in Chicago by far. Well, and- remember, remember, Darren, uh, he started out, played, what, his first 10 or 20 games just as designated here. He might have just taken that literally. He's there to hit. Yeah. He has to swing. Walking sort of yeah. doesn't count for the designated hitter. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, he definitely proved that. Um, it's just, he clearly got tired by the end of the year and into the Arizona fall league. Um, probably hindsight, he probably shouldn't have gone to Arizona, but you still wanted to get him. He needed the at-bats. He needed to learn, um, how to hit better, better pitchers. Yeah. You can tell me if I'm spinning through things too quickly with these guys, but I think the one pitcher we want to talk about in Birmingham is a guy who I think actually, uh, I don't know his stat line, but he definitely got some time in spring training. And he seems to be the guy groomed as the reliever. And that's Caleb Freeman. He, we're, you're, you're thinking he's going to be in Birmingham and not Charlotte. And if that's true, uh, is he a guy who has the potential to move up quick to Charlotte and maybe even see the South side this year? Yeah, uh, he can definitely, if anyone or if any position is going to get uh, promoted early on, it's probably going to be a reliever, especially just, you know, they just need them because they were, or not the minor leaguers, they went into camp on time because they're not in the union, but the major leaguers were not ready. Yeah. Um, and he is the best reliever in the system right now. Um, I mean, they definitely have a glut of righties. If he was a lefty, I mean, he probably would have been in over yeah. Tanner Banks, something like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he can easily make it to the majors. I would in terms of who I could see make it to the White Sox, to be Yolbert, then Caleb Freeman, and then Yolki Cespedes. Um, it just kind of depends on how this goes. Freeman should be getting the, those save opportunities. Um, it, he's not going to – it's the minors. They don't always get every single save opportunity, but he should have the most. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to see him pitching the sixth or fifth inning really ever mm-hmm. um, in Birmingham and when eventually he gets to Charlotte. Now, I, as the host, am saying we are going to leave Alabama and head back to North Carolina. And as we do that, it takes a little bit of, takes a little bit of time. So we're going to take our break, and then we're going to talk Carolina, unless I've skipped somebody in Birmingham. And then Darren will pull me back and say, nope, sorry, we got to go back. I know you don't want to go back to Alabama, Brett, but you're going back. Uh, but hang with us. Uh, we've had a nice talk about the top two affiliates, and we're going to talk about A-ball coming up in the second half. Hang with us. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, White Sox fans. Boy, we've called this about six different things already. 
Uh, we the good news is uh, we have uh, the breaking news at the top, not just the big news about the Charlotte Knights winning their first game of the season in just thrilling, thrilling, fat, dominant fashion. But the great news is because Darren Black has indicated he is going to wait until the White Sox season uh, uh, system strengthens and becomes powerful and dominant. He's going to stick with Southside Sox till then. So I'm saying we've already inked him another five years, but th- frankly, I got to say, Darren, I think I may be long dead. I think you just signed a lifetime contract. But that's great news. <laughs> and we'll have some, you know, press release about it, touting it, you know, uh, mergers, uh, uh, you know, contract extensions, et cetera. Well, yeah, we'll get, we'll get all that maybe after opening day. But uh, welcome, Darren. It's great to be back with you. This is our fifth year working together. Second year of doing a podcast. SBN renewed us for a second season. Can you believe it? Uh, we're doing this again. Yay. <laughs> I'm speechless too. No doubt about it. Okay. Uh, providing I haven't pulled the bus out of Birmingham prematurely, we're moving to Winston-Salem and we're going to start, of course, with the guy who people might have scratched their head at the assignment to Winston-Salem. And that is uh, Oscar Colas. Uh, he's a guy who's obviously, he's sort of uh, what, what I would uh, call, and probably a lot of other people call smarter than me. Uh, it's almost like a veteran prospect. Um, but is this a, um, if he is starting with the dash, is it a smart assignment and how Quickly, will he move on from the dash? Uh, assuming he he he's he doesn't just you know he doesn't drown there. Yeah, uh, I mean I'm completely fine with it. Um, age probably says that he should be in Birmingham, but he I mean he didn't really play much baseball last year. Right. Um, and like Yolki Cespedes, he also started with Winston Salem. Um, I don't have the amount of games that Yolki played with Winston Salem, um, but I don't think it was more than a month. <laughs> Uh, because he had like a 120 WRC plus and then got promoted pretty quickly. I would assume he's going to take the same trek. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the dash placement is more that he's for sure not going to be in Chicago this year. Um, at most, he's going to get to Charlotte. And even then, I don't even think he will. He'll probably, once he's promoted, just spend the rest of the time in Birmingham. Um, but it sounds like he's going to be playing center field, which is great. Make him play the harder outfield position. And then if you need to change that when he gets promoted, that's fine. Um, let Yolke take the center field um, uh, innings uh, in Birmingham and then kind of see what Oscar Colas has. Um, I mean, he's basically an unknown mm-hmm. kind of, uh, you kind of got to prove it um, in, in uh, against the best pitchers in the world for his age here first to see, uh, if the scouting reports that he's garnered are actually real. Um, he's come over. He seems like he's got a good bat, decent power. He obviously used to be a pitcher um, in, um, in over in Japan, so he's got a fantastic arm. Um, I don't know if it was like the 80-grade microdolfo arm that he was getting mm-hmm. before um, he started having his surgeries, uh, but he's definitely probably going to end up in one of the corners, but um, again, make him play the harder outfield uh, spot uh, and make him prove that he shouldn't be there or should be there. Yeah. To have right field arms sprinkled throughout your outfield. That's the way it's supposed to be done. Look, the white Sox might actually have a second guy to go with Luis uh, Robert. Um, uh, speaking of pronunciation guy, we still don't know how to pronounce his name. Yeah. Just pronounce on the pronunciation guy like Louise Robert. Now, again, he's probably doing yeah. it the way he thinks we want to hear it. So we could say Robert. I don't really don't know what to do now, but nobody can really wag fingers because we don't even know what direction to wag the fingers is. It's supposed to be anyway, or, you know, truly are. <laughs> oh God, I'm so confused. And at which podcast are we in? Okay. We are back. 
in uh, the miners and we are at Winston-Salem and the other specific hitter I want to ask about before maybe we talk a little pictures or I'm going to just throw it to you because I don't, I don't know what to make of it is uh, uh, Brian Ramos, a guy who, you know, you, I think said early on last season really was almost getting unfairly overlooked because Jose Rodriguez was just, was just blown up a little bit more. He played shortstop. You know, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what the, what all the ins and outs were, but I mean, a guy who pretty much is like one a to him as a, as a great hitting prospect and he showed nothing last year just like rodriguez of like you know really slowing down or you know any hitch mm-hmm. in what seems like really a uh, a pretty stellar trajectory uh, do you expect him to just get to winston salem and and sort of just keep on you know mashing and is he going to be playing second or third um he i he should start out playing third again i i am pro put the guys at a more difficult position even if you don't really think that they belong there like Jose Rodriguez was playing shortstop. He's he 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 was not a very good shortstop. <laughs> yes. but, you, but you should still have him over yeah, there. Challenge him, sure. Make it, yeah, to challenge them, challenge them, make them get better at a spot, and then maybe it'll work out. Um, so I would hope that he's at third. Um, but I know eventually, once we get to the Canapolis guys uh, like West Cath or Colson Montgomery, he might come up and take that spot. Who knows? Um, but for, yeah, for Brian Ramos, he had the same exact WRC plus as Jose Rodriguez in Canapolis. Um, and he was a full calendar year younger. He was in his age 19, uh, Jose Rodriguez was age 20. So I mean, you could say it's more, um, he had a technically a better season, but obviously Rodriguez did really well, um, after he was promoted, um, with the difference with Ramos, uh, is that he will actually walk. He had a pretty healthy 10% walk rate. Uh, but with that, he also strikes out a bit more. Um, he does have more pop, which kind of mitigates the that increase in strikeouts. I mean, it was only 22%. Um, I, I say only um, just because that's you for a guy with more pop, you expect it to be higher. Um, but if that kind of baseline stays there, 10% walk rate, 21, 22% K rate just stays there with the dash, he's going to have a good, good year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just a really good hitter. Is he a guy, um, you know, I know you want to look at everybody individually. You don't want to say, well, because this domino falls and this other thing happens, but he was, he's maybe even surprisingly didn't even get a courtesy promotion to Winston-Salem at the end of last year. If Birmingham sees a promotion of, uh, you know, as you're saying with a, maybe a trajectory to the, um, to the South side of a uh, uh, Yobert uh, uh, Sanchez uh, in particular, or maybe Jose Rodriguez, uh, is he a guy who then if he, if he, Basically, let's just assume no hitch in his game. He continues mashing, basically is showing he's a he's a legit guy. Do you think he at any point in the season or even early could see Birmingham? Or is that is that being too aggressive with a guy that you you might realize you realize you might have something really great? Yeah. So I in the assumption that when he's promoted, that means either uh, Jose Rodriguez or a Lenyon Sosa or Yerlbert Sanchez are in Charlotte. Um, I think he would definitely be the first option to. Uh, he, I, think, I think really the only reason why he wasn't promoted last year was just because he was 19. Just kind of keep him in the same spot. Yeah. Like just remembering when I was 19, like, <laughs> please keep me at the same spot. <laughs> Don't give me too much. <laughs> Um, Where do I get my food? Yeah, yeah. Don't change my <laughs> lifestyle too much, please. <laughs> but um, but now, I mean, to say that it's an age twenty season, but he actually has a full year of yeah. full season pro ball under his yeah. belt. 
Um, and so that's the big transition, right, Dan? I mean, you yeah. got a guy who's coming from outside the country, whether he's, however much he's played him in Arizona, that big, that first full season in this sort of like new country, uh, yeah. that's a real big hump to get over. Yep. And I mean, and he actually played a full season too. He wasn't really hurt during yeah. much of it. Um, he got a ton of games in for a guy at that yeah. age in low A. Um, but I could definitely see him uh, getting another promotion. Uh, if he has another successful season like he did last year and shows meaningful improvement, uh, whether it's defensively um, at second or third, or if uh, he kind of cuts down on those strikeouts a bit more um, and gets just more bats and or balls in play in general. Um, but he's definitely, there's definitely guys ahead of him in those same spots in Birmingham that deserve to be in Birmingham. Um, and he probably shouldn't overtake them. Um, if he does, then something terribly went wrong in yeah. Birmingham, somewhere in the middle infield and third base. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he he came out of nowhere last year, and he just kept he just kept <laughs> chugging along. So hopefully, yeah. he keeps doing it. No offense to anybody on the world beating, uh, surely uh, future AAA champion Charlotte Knights, but it seems like every single legitimate starter arm is playing in A ball, starting in A ball, including guys of Winston Salem, who are you projecting uh, a trio of, uh, you know, for better or worse, uh, Drew Dahlquist, uh, Matthew Thompson, Sean Burke. Um, is there one, I mean, Sean Burke has, you know, hit the ground running. So, I mean, he just is sort of like, okay, let's just keep this thing rolling. But with Drew or uh, Matthew, is there one guy who you look at as this, you know, more crucial year? Do they both really got to step it up uh, uh, equally? Are you higher on one or the, or the other? I, I think generally um, I'll take the last question first is I'm higher on Matthew Thompson uh, just because he showed uh, like, uh, more strikeouts last year. He didn't walk as many people. I mean, his ERA was a full run higher still, uh, but he, the peripherals were just a bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of um, who I expect to actually be better, I, Sean Burke is just was, came out just amazing. And I need to see Matthew Thompson and Drew Dawkins actually prove that yeah. what happened last year was a, Hey, I got drafted in 2019 and my <laughs> development was really screwed up anything. by a global pandemic. Yeah. Um, and I, d- I wasn't able to recover. Um, unlike some of the older guys that um, had more uh, uh, pro pitching experience. Um, so I want them to prove early on. And uh, in terms of who I want to see it more so selfishly as a person that wants to see the white Sox do well, they both need to do well, or they're not going to get anybody at the deadline. I... <laughs> Forget who they are. They could do it for the Pittsburgh yeah. Pirates. But yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. Sure, of course. There, there's nothing the, in the system yeah. to, to, to throw as a chip. Yeah. And I don't, and we'll get to Norgay Vera later, uh, but he's obviously hurt right now. So you, I don't, I'm not sure if a team would want to trade for him. But even then, it seems like that Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, trade that may or may not have happened. I don't know. Um, <laughs> has kind of made them stay away from trading those uh, young international prospects. I really can't think of, they'll trade the bonus pool money, um, but I really can't think of many of uh, those type of players that they've traded, um, especially as high, um, highly regarded as Norgay Vera is. Yeah. Um, so 
just selfishly, I really hope they do well just because of that. If they prove that they deserve to be in Birmingham by June, um, then you're probably looking at a pretty good starter for one of them um, come the uh, trade deadline. Um, but we'll just kind of have to see. Um, they start on Friday, I believe. Um, yes. And going forward, I, I'm not sure who the game won. I guess we don't even know who's on the roster technically. Yeah, that's true. It could all be um, going to Charlotte. <laughs> but yeah, we yeah, but we'll see. I expect Matthew Thompson to end up being the better pitcher by the end of the year. Um, but if that's meaningful to another team, uh, that remains to be seen. That's that's Hugwatch, uh, Darren Black uh, speaking on baseball <laughs> as a business. That's our podcast here today. Welcome to it. Uh, yeah, you can't get attached to these guys because they could be flipped. We're in a contention window. I'm sorry, Matthew Thompson. Listen, Darren Black's still going to be writing about you because he's here forever now. We, we basically secured yeah. him forever. It's great news outside Sox. <laughs> I might not be here. Uh, you have to ever see Matthew Thompson make the majors, but uh, absolutely a point he makes. You wonder how many serious, uh, how many teams came hard after Benjamin Bailey after that one incredible season, and how many times maybe they were thwarted by Rick Hahn. And then Rick Hahn says, boy. I wish maybe I hadn't done that, but hey, who knows? That's another guy we'll talk about at some point. We're not going to talk about him in this podcast. Uh, let's move on to our final affiliate. Just it's four. These minor league updates are so easy these days. Just four games, four teams to track. Geez, Darren, you got it so easy. Uh, let's go to Canapolis, uh, which was a historically awful team. I think by the end of the season, they might not have even been the worst, but they were, I don't know. I, it, they were all so bad. That I'm not even, I don't even remember who the worst was, but boy, Canapolis had a really weird debut season. Um, they, and they didn't change the nickname. They're sticking with cannonballers. So they yeah. don't think it was the nickname. Um, well, let's start with Varus because, um, yeah, you reminded me actually that he was hurt and he basically has been inactive and he was uh, hurt or tired, which is why in the DSL, even last year, he didn't start until a certain time as well is, yes. is this a concern or are we just super panicked because this is the guy who's like holy cow zero earned runs we got to protect him no i i wouldn't be panicked about some he's a young heralded prospect they just want to be careful uh at this point and again we're still in the aftermath of kind of hey no one pitched in 2020 yeah. um especially since we're tracking that injury into last season um they're just being careful i think i think um he was already going to be on an innings limit uh so he he wasn't going to fly up the system anyway he probably could have gotten to the day uh, but now it's looking like he's probably going to stick with cannapolis get his you know three four innings to start once he's back um and then just kind of, kind of see where he ends up he did well in the dsl um but we know the dsl is not you know is not nothing to, it's not anything to sneeze at, but it's definitely not at the competition that he's going to see when he's pitching in Canapolis. Um, just kind of hope that he gets back. Okay. I think it's a lat injury. Um, and then um, hope the other pitchers can actually be good this year. Um, so they don't, <laughs> they aren't in the toilet. <laughs> oh, God, uh, what a, what a, see. well, I mean, here, listen, there are some reinforcements and highlighted among those is a guy who you, you might even like, geez, I'm bringing his name up again. You might even like him to a, a ben, Benjamin Bailey because he had such a monster year yeah, in Arizona. 
Uh, Wilfred Veris is a guy who seems like, again, just sort of built to match. Now, this is an even smaller sample size than a guy like Brian Ramos, but he's a guy that, uh, you know, could either be part of a, whatever the wave is going to be, the second wave of playoff contention, or whatever it be, or a legitimate um, chip. I know that the arms are always, uh, you know, come with even more value if they're legit. But I mean, obviously, a big bat uh, would have some some pretty decent value as soon as this uh, trade deadline. So, OK, uh, hug watch uh, Darren Black. Is this a guy that you can consider? Um, sort of a, a lock to continue uh, uh, mashing, or we just haven't seen enough from him? Is he the guy who really jumps out as the biggest offensive uh, threat, maybe even more so than uh, Montgomery Cap? Uh, well, for for Barris, I don't, I, I wouldn't put him above Montgomery or Cap at this point. Um, Montgomery actually performed like pretty, pretty well um, in his very short time in the ACL um, last season. Um, Cass, not so much, but I mean, Barris is, uh, I'm not sure if he'll be on hug watch cause <laughs> I think he's going to end up being a first baseman. Right. And, um, as we've seen, uh, some team out in the Bay area did not really want, you know, the white Sox is, uh, <laughs> DH first base. Maybe they can play third, uh, hitters for, um, uh, pitchers. <laughs> they went to San Diego. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but I mean, after after seeing Brian Ramos and Jose Rodriguez and how they performed last year, I am trying to keep a more open mind on the guys that actually did well in the ACL um, that weren't, you know, like first round draft pick or um, right. or like Yol- Yolbert Sanchez, like those kind of guys right. that come over and like, oh, okay, of course, they're, they're supposed to do pretty well. Um, and I mean, Varys did extremely well. He very similar... Um, plate discipline plate discipline line as uh brian ramos but he just showed a bit more pop uh and the fabip was a bit higher so he had a 147 wrc plus which is fantastic and he's still just 19 so it's not like he's uh he's you know 23 uh, Mm -hmm. overperformed um and then oh shocking um he's now in uh, cannapolis and not doing so well um he's an actual young guy just kind of just keep an eye out for him i don't think he's really on a top 30 list anywhere he might be on future socks because uh, they paid more attention uh to the system than like an mlb pipeline someone like that um i mean but, darren aside from our own top 30 list right yeah true like, yes aside yeah. from our own because we're we're the smartest i mean we know the most so yes. but but the others have they caught you're saying have they caught up to us maybe future socks did no yeah or whatever they're called uh, now. yes so, future, yeah the local the local sites usually always are on top of these guys more um like a Romy gonzalez to be honest um but well i mean he he shows good pop he shows good plate discipline um he's probably a first baseman though so he's <laughs> that's kind of full right now um <laughs> yeah. so we'll kind of just see how that goes um but yeah. the guys to keep an eye out for on the hitting side are definitely you know the Tulsa montgomery west cast Mm-hmm. Um, and you can, Benjamin Bailey should be on the team as well. So hopefully he has a bounce back year, but at this point you can kind of put him in the back of your mind, um, yeah. until proven otherwise. Yeah. Uh, and Montgomery Cath, if they both don't move up, say to the dash at some point in the season, that's necessarily a failure. I mean, presuming they play pretty well, could you see no. them getting a, a Ramos uh, treatment or would they, would there be more cause for them to be pushed a little more than Ramos, given that they're not coming from, you know, a much different background. No, I don't think they're going to get pushed that much. Um, the good thing, uh, or not not a good thing, but one of the consequences um, of 
the White Sox moving from drafting mostly college guys, where you have Garrett Crochet, who, what, pitched three innings in the minors and then was in, you know, uh, was with the major league team already. Um, like, they're going to take their time with Colson Montgomery and West Cass. Um, I would not be surprised uh, if they were there even through the uh, draft. And once those guys, new guys, will start getting signed. Um, cause uh, I, you have to imagine the White Sox would target pitching at this point since they don't, yeah. it's not because <laughs> they can't find you know. any. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah they concentrated on hitting last year. You kind of assume they would switch. Yeah. Uh, but well, so I, I wouldn't expect them to be in Winston-Salem really. Um, maybe if Brian Ramos is proving that he's just, you know, Mm-hmm. hitting the crab out of the ball, Winston-Salem, and somebody else is doing the same in Birmingham, and then they just kind of just flows organically up the right. system. I could see that, um, especially if it's Colson Montgomery, because he already proved that mm-hmm. whatever play discipline that he got from college actually translated pretty well to the ACL already. Um, 12% rock rate, just under 20% K rate, didn't show much power, which is fine. I don't really put much stock into that, into those stats, but Play discipline, mm-hmm. discipline numbers are usually the ones that transfer the most. Mm-hmm. So just to see that he's actually um, already prepared and already a really just a guy that's going to give you a professional at bat every, every time he goes in there is a great thing to see. And you just want to see him put it all together with more pop. Um, and But in order to do that, they're probably going to spend more time in one spot. Um, it It is helpful that, you know, Winston-Salem's like what, like, Actually, I'm not really sure how far away it is. Maybe a couple hours from Kannapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that helps in terms of just kind of traffic time. Getting If he wants to actually get promoted, I know they usually try to, if a guy is in Kannapolis, they usually try to just put him up one more spot. They usually try to avoid Birmingham since it's yeah. kind of a different yeah. environment totally. Yeah. Uh, besides that it's double A, it's just a completely different environment, mm-hmm. but I'd, I'd expect them to be in uh, low A for at least 85% of the season. Mm-hmm. Again, Darren, not, not just, not just a pretty face and a colorful host. Garrett Crochet, in <laughs> fact, zero minor league innings, unless you count playing at the Schaumburg Boomer stadium, minor league innings, oh, actually, yeah, in fact, zero. So yes, there are a couple numbers I can throw out. I have no idea. Most of the numbers you actually do ever speak of, but I do not my head and I maybe know usually when to interject a question. And that's a relationship that was very successful for 24 podcasts last year, maybe another 24 this year. If in fact, SB nation keeps us on, doesn't cancel us somehow mid season. Cause there's even a better uh, buddy cop series to, to play instead of ours. I can't imagine there is one Darren. So I mean, no. I think we got, I think we got that's another not, 24. Yeah. That's definitely not how sequels work. <laughs> um, yes. The good news, the breaking news is Darren Black back with Southside Sox for at least five years, probably lifetime contract, definitely longer than I'll be around. So, so long, everybody. Darren will take this over uh, one day. Um, well, hey, I think we're doing this about every week. Uh, we will have limited amount of stuff to talk about in terms of the all teams just sort of getting out of the box. Uh, really, yeah, mostly only three much. games under their belt. Uh, by this time next week, but it'll still be, we'll know exactly how the dust settled and, you know, maybe get a little uh, injury update and whatnot. Who knows? Johnny Cueto might already be like the number two starter in the White yeah. Sox system. So, or in the White Sox rotation. So, you know, there's probably a lot of stuff that can, that can still happen. And at, again, 
the man was doing it just in his head. I don't know what sort of weird cell phone arrangement he's got. He was, he was writing the minor league update in his head as he's doing the podcast with me. He will be recapping that thrilling three to one victory for the Charlotte Knights. Uh, Yexel Rios, efficient as all get out uh, in saving <laughs> a very exciting game. Way to go, Charlotte. Keep the run going. Let's not have such a horrible, even Birmingham was so good. And then you gave him, I like how, as you'll read, it's linked in this podcast post, as you'll read, Darren Black, Darren Black gave, he just gave them the division championship because I guess technically that's sort of true, except man, they really just couldn't win that one more game. So even the really good team last year ended up really on a really not good note. So let's hope that's all reversed this year because it'll make us all feel better about the system. Even if that's sort of a mirage, it's just better to win than lose. Right. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's just, <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of winning in the minors. So, so we don't know what it is. Yeah. Wait, we're over 500. It's August. What? Yeah. Ah, well, Hey, try it. At least it was hard year. to find a cold cat this year. Usually it's not, <laughs> usually it's hard to find the MVP, but so far it's reversed. Hey, I like that trend. Uh, all right. We'll be talking about it on some sort of like weekly basis or whatever all week long. Darren Black exhaustively previewing all four affiliates. Uh, and at the same time, simultaneously doing a podcast, doing a minor league update, and also like finishing up like Canapolis and Winston-Salem previews. It's amazing. He doesn't even know the rosters yet, but he's put down like 8,000 words. The man's a miracle worker. That's why we have him at Southside Sox. Again, lifetime contract. Boy, if I keep saying it, it's going to happen. And boy, right now, I think like Box is already like, they've noted it. So I think I actually <laughs> stuck you. Sorry, man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're going to wipe all of your messages on Slack, all the words like union and breaks and whatever. They might give you the Starbucks treatment. You're going to have some really weird messages on our Slack because everything will be redacted. Anyway, okay, that's a whole different podcast. Uh, We'll talk about that maybe as soon as Southside Sox on the farm 26. But until next week, enjoy all the delicious stuff that Darren's put out for you. Uh, All four affiliates previewed, minor league updates, running through the weekend. Julie Brady back with us doing, uh, doing a couple days at the end of the week. I don't have to do any as of right now. I'm just the sub guy. Or when Darren says, listen, lifetime contract or not, forget it. Can't do it. Don't want to do it. You take it, buddy. I guess that's when I get to do it. And it'll be really good. So <laughs> thank you, Darren. I appreciate uh, taking the time out of the busy schedule, writing three things all at once, and also talking to me and providing actual insight instead of just a pretty face. I appreciate it. Well, I- I'm here. Always. <laughs> <laughs> all right clearly. well i will not when you hear the do- when uh seven days from now when you hear the knock on the door you know it's me and let's do it again <laughs> yep i will hopefully right. hopefully we know the rosters next time but yeah that'll be I, nice yeah good it's always fun so. it's always fun okay t- uh, take care everybody thank you for listening and reading watching whatever a lot of preview stuff to catch up on go do it now i know you've just said being lazy you thought we'd give you all the answers in this podcast no we're not we can't give you all the answers there are too many players too much stuff going on darren's taking it all on so do the man some justice read all this stuff and then leave some comments or you know petition us with questions and we'll try to answer them thanks darren thanks everybody for uh, uh listening and uh, we'll be back in a week <laughs>